you obviously know Kung Fu. Hey, everyone. I'm Vincent Sobrano. And I'm Sarah Chang. And uh, we're here to talk a little bit about our upcoming movie, Circle of Bones, which is releasing in theaters and also digitally all over the U.S. on Friday, October 22nd. And it'll be released on digital and uh, streaming and cable platforms as well. And hope you guys go out and watch it in theaters or at home. Hope you enjoy it. Oh, yeah. And stay tuned to the end of the podcast because Sarah's going to make a big announcement for a new gig, a new big thing that's, that's happening very soon. Yeah. Welcome to Kung Fu Driving Podcast. Welcome to the Kung Fu Drive-In Podcast. Adjust your speaker box, sit back, relax, and remember, your Kung Fu may be good, but mine is better. Join me on the show today, returning for another visit filmmakers, actors, martial artists uh, here to talk about the upcoming U.S. release of their Filipino action horror film Circle of Bones, Vincent Soberano and Sarah Chang. Guys, thank you so much for coming back to the Kung Fu Driving Podcast. Oh, we love the Kung Fu Driving Podcast. Thanks so much for having us again. Thank you. Thank you. No, it's, it's great to have you guys. Um, you guys are doing amazing work. First off, how are you guys doing out there on the other side of the world? We're doing great. I mean, yeah. uh, Taiwan is probably one, one, if not the safest, but one of the safest places on, uh, you know, right now in the entire world. <laughs> and we have been, we're, we're basically averaging zero cases right now, you know, That's for amazing. the past over almost two years now. So, yeah. yeah. Um, and I believe the, the, by yeah. the end of the year, we should be 70% vaccinated. 70%, yeah, 70% I vaccinated. I got my second job today, so, hey. <laughs> yes. Our, yeah, our whole household is fully vaccinated now. Oh, wow, that's awesome. Good for you guys. Yeah, and you know, every, everything is open in Taiwan. You know, theaters, schools, every, pretty much everything. It's almost pretty much normal. That's awesome. That's awesome. And how are the two uh, actual bosses of the house, uh, Kali and Sarita, how are they doing? They're shocking us like every day. I mean, the things that Kali says, I'm just like so shocked. Like, how does she know? How does she know? She wants to go to the moon. Okay. She wants to be an astronaut. And she said this herself. She's two and a half years old. She drags me out of the house last night. She wants to look at the moon and she said, Daddy, I want to be an astronaut, I want to fly to the moon. That's cool, that's cool. <laughs> She's two and a half years old. <laughs> it must be nice to have that plan all set out already at two and a half. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> well, that was that was that was yesterday. I don't know, today's true, gonna break. True. <laughs> I think uh, when I was growing up, I wanted to be an astronaut too, but the alternate was a garbage man. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice, <So>. nice. <laughs> No, that's cool. So, um, uh, by the way, congratulations on the uh, U.S. release of Circle of Bones. I got to, uh, uh, you were gracious enough to let me uh, check out the film. Well done uh, on both of your parts, uh, and we'll get into that a lot. Um, but um, let's take some time now and tell me, when does it drop, uh, and where can U.S. audiences go to catch it in theaters? Um, it drops October 22, this coming Friday. And it's opening in 10 different cities. We got the initial listing, but there's supposed to, get, there's supposed to be more. The, let's see, the, in New York, 
so far it's listed at the Kent Theater in Brooklyn. Could be more more theaters, but we'll, we'll know by Wednesday. Yeah, then there's LA. Yeah, yeah, California, Riverside in California. A lot of uh, galaxy theaters around the, around the U.S. Uh, like in Houston, there's a couple galaxy theaters in Houston. SMG. What else is there? Yeah. So we're, we're reading a list right now. Yeah. So it's New York, it's Delaware, LA, Chicago, Philadelphia, Minnesota. Oh, Minnesota. Yeah, yeah. and Florida, Florida, Orlando. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Um, that must be exciting. Yeah, ten cities. We we knew that from the beginning because uh, Vertical Entertainment told us uh, when they acquired the movie that they're going to release it in ten major cities in cool. the U.S. Yeah. So uh, how long is it going to run in theaters? And then uh, does it go to digital after that? Or is it a simultaneous thing? Um, it's almost simultaneous. I think probably like within two or three days, it'll be in digital as well. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's going to run at least a week, we were told, at least a week in theaters. Uh, more if, you know, if the box office is good and, you know, and the demand is there. So, but we'll never know. But it's, it's pretty much slated for like a whole week from the 22nd to the 28th. That's amazing. That's amazing. Vincent, uh, you wrote and directed the film, uh, but from what I understand, it's uh, it's based off something that you wrote a, a while ago. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah. Um, you know, in, in the Philippines, because it's a lot of superstitions and a lot of religious stuff, you know, they they believe in, in, in my hometown, in, in Visayas and in, in the uh, central regions, there's this thing that they call the Yawa, which is like, uh, like an evil spirit. Um, that possesses people. It's about a possession and um, how people are possessed. And uh, so it's basically kind of loosely based on that story. Um, I, um, I wrote uh, I wrote a book about a, a possession and about a man who was possessed and and basically, I guess, kind of infected people. Like the spirit inside of him is so powerful that, it, you know, it basically possesses other people that he touches. You know, and uh, and so uh, with that book, um, that book became the basis to to, to this film that uh, that we made. I added the new characters, obviously the the lead characters and all that, to, to give it more of an action flair. But the original book I wrote is pretty much a horror book. Yeah. Uh, so you were talking about superstition. Uh, if you if you were a a good uh, Catholic Filipino kid, <laughs> uh, superstition was just a part of of your growing up, right? Oh, it's so sorry. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's it's a way to scare the little kids into behaving. You know, like uh, having a notion of uh, of of the devil and all that stuff. You know, it just it's great. It's a great way to scare people. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Yawa, uh, I know uh, when I was growing up, again the uh, one of the um, one of the uh, admonishments that I I heard often was Yawaka. Uh, yeah, yeah, if you were running around. So. Yeah, you're, you're demon. It basically means demon. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's so funny. Yeah, the, the, uh, the supernatural elements and the uh, the the frights in, in the film, uh, again, are um, are ones that uh, will hit a nerve if you are uh, if you were brought up in the, in that superstition. So, um, like I said, well done. Sarah, now you produced and you star in the film. Um, what is it about the film that's going to hook audiences outside uh, of us superstitious Filipino kids. <laughs> well, I think the film is a bit more cerebral than like a lot of the mill sort of horror. Uh, you kind of, you kind of, it's got a lot of twists and turns. And when you're watching, you think something's not exactly what it is. 
So I think there's a lot of surprises in the film and I think it's, um, it's, it's actually a really fun ride. I feel. And, 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 uh, yeah, definitely. I think that, I think the audiences will really enjoy that. You play a pretty badass character in it. Shades of, uh, Linda Hamilton, uh, Sarah Connor, uh, you're running around with the vest and the guns and looking badass. Um, <laughs> tell, uh, tell me a little bit about, uh, your character and, and the world that she's got to kind of navigate, uh, in circle of bones without, without spoilers, of course. Okay. Well, I guess my character, she's like a jaded, but straight lace kind of FBI agent, you know, um, she grew up in the U S so she doesn't believe in superstition. She doesn't believe in religion. She doesn't believe in any of that stuff. That's not something she can see right in front of her. And so when she gets sent on this mission to behold, a tiny little island in the Philippines in a village where they're extremely superstitious, as we mentioned before, she's sort of um, thrust into this world of superstition and religion. And she just has to kind of, you know, she's totally out of her element, but she has to sort of use all her background and her skills to be able to navigate this world and sort of gets completely sucked into it. And Vince, when you were uh, putting this film together, were you uh, focusing specifically on uh, bringing those superstitions, uh, the Filipino superstitions, uh, into the uh, into the limelight, or was it just a vehicle for uh, for telling the story that you wanted to tell? Yeah, I um, I wanted to. I didn't. Well, of course, I'm not. There's so much uh, superstition in the Philippines that I couldn't like put them all in one movie. So I wanted to focus on that one particular thing because that's pretty common in the Philippines, especially in the central areas like in Negros and Visayas, you know, the whole Yawa thing, the whole uh, possession thing, you know, um, so, and, and how powerful the, the spirits are. So I focused on that, on that particular superstition. And, uh, and there's a lot of like, especially in, in, in rural areas, there's a bunch of cults, a lot of religious cults, like, you know, like in Central America, they have like the Santa Ria kind of thing, you know, or yes, South yeah. America, I think. Well, in the Philippines, they have a lot of, uh, a lot of those like weird, you know, religious cults, you know, that um, that worship these these uh, these incarnations, and um, and so it's a mix of that. It's a mix of the cults and the the possessions, the Yawa possessions in the Philippines that I wanted to focus on in this particular story. Now you've married horror and, and action before, um, Bloodhunters, Rise of the Hybrids. Uh, you did it uh, really well in there. And uh, there's precedent for this. Uh, Hong Kong has done vampire movies, you know, where you have kung fu vampires and they look kind of kind of crazy hopping around and, and, and stuff like that. But so the genres uh, have come together before. What do you do uh, with the two genres to bring them together and, and still keep that story intact so it doesn't get out of hand and, uh, you know, it doesn't uh, come off as kind of silly where you have, you know, uh, these possessed characters all of a sudden doing kung fu on each other or things like that i thought about that a lot and you know, there's really a, if you meld horror and action what you're going to have is sort of like you're going to have to make a choice if you want to throw some horror elements you're going to have something like resident evil you know for example or oh yeah yeah or, or walking dead or even like i uh, i remember chuck norris did a movie i forgot the name you know um kind of a horror movie, but he does a lot of martial arts, but it didn't turn out that well. But so then you, you kind of have to look at like movies like Resident Evil. Is it horror or is it action? You know, so you don't want to confuse the lines. And and obviously here Resident Evil is more action with a 
with a background of horror. Well, for this film, I wanted to make this horror with a little bit of action. You know, where the, uh, the main character, you know, the main characters, they kind of have a few fights here and there. So there's, so the, the, the action is a, is a little bit more organic. It just happens that they know how to shoot, they know how to fight, they know how to, to do all this stuff. But at the end of the day, it's still a horror movie that, uh, you know, that uh, overwhelms everything. Uh, and uh, I should mention, it's an award-winning horror movie already. You, you've won a, a couple of awards uh, at uh, several different festivals, right? Yeah, yeah, I have. Uh, I, I won Best Screenplay at Horror House uh, Film Festival in L.A. Uh, we won, Sarah won Best Actress, won Best Director in the movie, um, won Best Indie Film in Las Vegas. Um, and there's a few other accolades I, I can't I remember right off the bat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, and uh, kudos to your cast, uh, great cast. Uh, that you assembled for the film. Can you guys talk to me a little bit about uh, everybody that you brought on board and and what uh, they brought to the film specifically to 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 bring that whole thing together? Yeah, I can talk about that. Uh, we have uh, we 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 brought in a bunch of like industry veterans, sort of uh, known actors in the Philippines. Um, I, and I know that doesn't really mean a lot, especially since our target is a U.S. international audience. They don't really know who the names are, but. I just wanted to bring good actors, seasoned actors into, into the film because I wanted the film to be more serious rather than like a martial arts kind of action film. Um, yep, yep. I needed more seriousness in that. Um, so I brought in people like uh, uh, Jana Victoria, MP Kizan, and of course Ian Ignacio was in Trigonal. Uh, he's a wonderful actor, and I thought, you know, I'd give him a role where he doesn't do martial arts. You know, basically, it's a very dramatic, yeah, you know, very, yeah. very dramatic, antagonistic role. And of course, we have an, our newcomer who made her debut, uh, Mirella Torre. She's the daughter. She's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, she's the daughter of um, uh, uh, Joel Torre, who's uh, an icon, basically, in, in Philippine cinema. He's a he's a living legend in Philippine cinema, and. Um, and we got him to do a cameo in the movie, yeah. you know, which is really cool. Which you just have to wait all the way to the end, you know, to, to be able to see it. Gotta watch the credits first, then you'll see it. Gotta watch the credits, yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we but, also uh, have a cameo, by the way, from Supernatural's Ozark Chow. And yeah, so we have a Hollywood star. Did, did, uh, no, it's not really even a cameo. He actually played a, a bit of a role and he had a, he also the fight scene. Yeah, yeah. and we yeah. got to do a fight scene. Yeah. I didn't realize that was him. I'll have to look at that again. Yeah, that was Oscar yeah. Chow. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, cool. Yeah, he 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 was the bellhop who turned out to be. Ah, uh... uh, don't no spoilers. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Man, I'll bleep I'll bleep that out. But <laughs> I know. <gasps> no, that's oh cool. God. That's cool. Did you have to do some convincing to get them involved with the film, or, or was it an was it an easy uh, process to get them uh, bought in and uh, part of the story? It wasn't. It wasn't hard at all. I mean, they saw. They saw. Obviously, I gave them the script. They saw the script. They liked that. They liked the fact that it's an international film. It's a film that's very unlike other films that are made in the Philippines. Yeah. It doesn't have. It's a Filipino film, but it doesn't have the local flavor. It's a Filipino film with yeah. international flavor. It's meant for the international market. So, um, you know, so yeah, I, um, 
and that's that's mainly the the kind of films I make anyway. You know, so so but uh, they they like the script, and uh, even like Joel Torre, um, when I invited them to be on, you know, on board, it's like yeah, heck yeah, you know, that's <laughs> a fun movie to shoot. Yeah, and um, yeah, it was uh, it it wasn't hard. It wasn't hard yeah. to get these guys on board. That's cool. Desire, you're a producer on the film. So uh, when you're dealing with an indie budget, what do you focus on? Uh, where do you focus your efforts to make it look and feel bigger than that budget? Well, first of all, we have an award-winning director that writes the script <laughs> <to> budget. <laughs> this is number one. So he really was able to, you know, have the locations, you know, set in a certain in a certain budget but also uh we worked with a lot of like um local governments so when we went to Bohol the moment we stepped on that island we did not pay a dime <laughs> wow wow that's awesome <laughs> like we we worked with the Bohol government and so we were able to get you know the, the food we were able to get accommodations we we're able to get beautiful locations and i think that's one thing that makes it look really big budget is that we have the beautiful locations i mean the hotel and everything and the 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 beautiful the chocolate hills everything resorts. the resorts yeah so that was that was a big that was a really really big thing even airfare even what? airfare yeah, even airfare. That's impressive. For the entire cast and crew. It was insane. Wow. It was you need to produce a lot more movies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. I mean, I don't mind island hopping. Let's go for all of them. <laughs> yeah, they shut down roads. We got the SWAT team in. Um, you know, um, and um, the local, the local um, population, like, joined in our film as well. I mean, of course, we also had Joel Torre, and so like the entire street was like packed. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it was it was amazing. It was an amazing experience, and I think that was just uh, I I was just at a loss for words. But I was like, oh, really? We can do this like this? Oh my gosh! It was just amazing. I love Bohol, by the way. It's 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 a great place to to visit as well. Deep sea diving. Yeah, the locations looked great. Um, so well done uh, with choosing, uh, with getting that to work in your favor. But with with all that saved, what did you then uh, put the uh, the budget towards? Well, we also have an amazing um, art department that can also work on, you know, work with what what we have. But um, we spend a lot on on you know getting the sets and everything to look really really good, and they they did an amazing job. And, um, yeah, definitely. We also, of course, our, our, our team and our equipment, you know, there's a, there's a lot of things that <laughs> in a film and, and I mean, in, in the tight budget, you know, there's not really that much, uh, displacement of the budget. It's like, it wasn't there, but so <laughs> we made it there. It's more that way. <laughs> I wouldn't say there was a more allocation of funds rather than we made more than we made more, made it seem like we had more funds than we had. <laughs> we basically we basically had enough money to make a short film. Let's put it out. Wow. wow. <laughs> so basically for the kind of money that you spend in the US for a short film, we filmed and uh you know we, we filmed uh, uh, a full length feature. Exactly. That's impressive. Yeah. We yeah. we do have very talented people, I I'm gonna say our, our art department, our production designer 
Mark Sabas, uh, amazing. I mean, he can, you can give him a roll of toilet paper and he'll build a castle out of it. <laughs> that's, yeah. that, that's how talented that's right. this guy is. That's right. We have, uh, we have our, um, our, our, our director of photography, mm-hmm. uh, Takio Kiyonishi. I mean, that guy is just amazing. He, you know, we just, um, he just makes if, if you don't have enough lights, he'll find a way to make, to make the place look great. I, yeah, I would have to say that, I mean, I know Take likes his equipment, but he really was on a shoestring budget for that. Yeah, he was not happy. So props, props. Thank you, Take. Yeah. This, this is a guy who was like, so, this guy is so professional and is such a perfectionist, you know, and um, that when you give him a script and he start, puts down the shot list and he puts down his equipment list, his equipment list is usually like about eight pages long. You know, yeah. I mean, yeah. and, and you're just like your 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 jaw will drop when you see his equipment list, and you're like, this is more than the entire budget by itself. You know, yeah. So when we when we gave him his budget for Circle of Bones, he was not happy. He was like, <laughs> yeah, he was not happy. happy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but oh, he did it. He did yeah, it, and he, he did, did a great job. Yeah, you know, That's he, amazing. Yeah, yeah. Vince, uh, you you mentioned before that you wanted to bring um, the Filipino flavor, but with a, an international uh, touch to it to uh, to the film, um, especially now that it's getting a U.S. release. Why is that important to you uh, to bring that Filipino touch to it? Um, it's kind of personal too, because, uh, about six years ago, um, this is what spurred me to start making these films, right? About six years ago, I was, a, I was at a film festival in Beijing and someone told me that, um, Filipino films are like Filipino food in the international scene. They're hard to find and they're not very popular, you know? And I'm like, I said, they're going, you're right. I was living in Beijing at that time. Beijing has every food you can think of from around the world, but not one single Filipino restaurant. Huh. As big as it is, a city of 26 million people has, does not have one Filipino restaurant. And, you know, it's like, wow, that's how it is with Filipino films, you know, around the world. They're so rare to find, you know, especially ones that, that go mainstream, that the mainstream like enjoys. So I've kind of set up an mission to popularize Filipino films particularly like genre films in, you know, in the international stage, not the Filipino local stage, because that's been done many, many times, obviously. I mean, so now all the, you know, all the films that I write and direct and produce are basically made for, for the international audience, but with that Filipino flavor. I don't know what Filipino flavor actually means, but to, to me, uh, it really just means that it has Filipino characters Yes, a lot of Filipino customs and traditions and you know and culture behind it. But yet it has a very like foreign, you know, very mainstream foreign like storyline. Something that foreigners would understand and relate to and and enjoy, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, basically, you know, that's uh that's what I set out to. I don't wanna do a film about key issues in the Philippines. Um especially political issues or even like the poverty and all that stuff, you know, one political issues in the Philippines, no one really quite understands. And other people in other countries won't really like, you know, they they don't care. 
they, they really don't care. The poverty in the Philippines, I don't want to portray the Philippines as, I'm, you know, everybody knows it's poor. So, you know, why, you know, why, why stroke that fire? You know, so I don't want to focus on that. I want to, I want to bring a more, much more, you know, much more positive, I guess, you know, much more enjoyable, much more entertaining life to Filipino films um, abroad. So yeah, that's yeah. my goal. So what is it about Circle of Bones that's going to help start moving that needle towards that positive Filipino uh, image? Well, you know, I mean, it's, uh, it still has a lot of the, the, the superstitions and stuff like that, but I feel that it's a kind, it's a kind of movie that can easily be, I don't know, American or Mexican, or it, it just, the, Phil, the Filipino part of that movie is just the characters, location and all that stuff. But it's a storyline can easily be transposed to any any country. It can be in shot in you know in Bulgaria for you know for all that matters, and it would be very Bulgarian in, in its own way. But but the storyline is pretty much the same. The twist is the same. The audience can can relate to it basically, can enjoy it despite the the ethnicity and the nationality. You know, so that's that's what the intention. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, some big Hollywood films that have come out recently featuring Asian talent, uh, and I'm I'm uh, picking up on the uh, what uh, Vincent just talked about uh, having all of this food and culture and, and not having Filipinos represented there. Uh, but um, with these films that that have hit Hollywood uh, like Snake Eyes, Mortal Kombat, uh, Shang Chi, uh, do you think we're approaching that era where uh, we can start to see uh, Asian representation uh more fully realized in in hollywood films well yeah i definitely hope so um i mean the fact that you know uh, vince was just talking about how he's sort of kind of normalizing philippines as an area philippine people on screen i i totally agree with that um we should be normalizing Asian characters on the screen. And I think it's happening more and more. I mean, it might be because I follow so much Asian American stuff. I see more and more castings, more and more, uh, more and more films that are Asian American, um, you know, that where I feel completely represented. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, I felt completely represented. And the fact that it was such a big, big box office and there was Chinese in the film, you know, it was, yeah, they're speaking yeah. Chinese in the film, but it was still widely accepted from the entire world, which I think is amazing. So, um, yeah, I think we're moving forward. I definitely think we're moving forward. Um, what we do, what we produce is definitely Asian helmed, strong characters, interesting characters, characters with arcs, not the token Asian person. You know, um, yeah, we're trying to, we're trying to move towards that and we're, we're trying to be a part of the movement. So I hope that, you know, more and more, it'll just be normalized. Where they As an Asian, it was nice to kind of feel seen uh, with, with, with that, with that kind of stuff on screen. Um, as a Filipino though, uh, are we due for that breakout uh, Filipino film where we're telling, you know, that Filipino story? Oh yeah. Totally do because Filipinos are so so talented in everything. Okay, like <laughs> when I got to the Philippines, I was just blown away by everyone. Everyone. I mean, I'm there 
I'm walking down the street and the person who just happens to be sweeping the floor is singing beautiful voice. (laughs) (laughs) They can dance, they can sing. I mean, yeah, I'm totally in love with Filipinos. They're so, so talented on all fronts. So it's definitely due for Filipino film. Uh, Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I kind of feel that, you know, personally, I feel that Filipinos probably, if they play the cards right, obviously, uh, they can actually be in the forefront of Asian representation. Because I feel that among all the Asians, Filipinos are the easiest to relate to with, with Westerners because a lot of Filipinos have Western blood, you know, mm-hmm. so they, they almost look yes. Hispanic sometimes. You know, they almost look like yep. like uh, European in so, so many ways, you know, like um, uh, Eastern European in some ways. So um, I feel that in terms of looks, Filipinos get, are so flexible. They can look one way or the other. They can look very oriental or they can look somewhat occidental and um, they're more relatable as you know uh, uh, physically or as, as people but i think it's just the uh, uh the, the subject matters you know the, um, and um and the, also the big thing is this uh, um stereotyping you know there's really no in hollywood there's really no filipino stereotype and as much as people harp on stereotyping I feel otherwise. I feel stereotyping is a platform. I feel for a lot of people who come from like the, from the minority, for example, it's okay to take on stereotypical roles. It's okay for a comedian to start doing comedy work and then become you know, an, you know, a, an Oscar Award winner in, in drama, like Tom Hanks. You know, it's okay to be a bodybuilder and then go into the mainstream as one of the most, one of the top investors in Hollywood. You know, it's okay to take on a stereotypical platform. I've, I've always said that if Bruce Lee was still alive, he'd probably be doing comedy, you know, or something like that. Mm. Mainstream comedy, mm. not martial arts comedy. That's how versatile he was, you know. Um, but a, a, a stereotype platform is a platform one way or the other. It's a way to get up there. You know, this is where you want to be. You got to, there's this exception. You can't go from here to here. If being stereotyped is a platform that gets you closer to the top here, I'd rather take that platform and then cross the threshold after that, you know, because that's a hard platform to be in, you know? So, um, so yeah, I mean, and, and, and a lot of like, Chinese, for especially Chinese, they have that platform. They have the Kung Fu platform, you know, the Kung Fu movie platform. It's easy for them to go into mainstream because they have that. Look at people like Michelle Yeoh, you know? Mm-hmm. Now, you know, she's, now she's in Star Trek, she's in all this, all this, um, uh, all these dramatic roles. But she started in a Kung Fu platform. But that's how you get seen is in the platform when you have a platform. Filipinos don't have that. We don't have a Filipino stereotypical platform in Hollywood. And that's mm. that I feel is a problem. That I feel is is a challenge because Filipinos cannot just jump from here to talk there. You know, it's gonna be very, very rare. Maybe one guy will do it, but that's not enough. It's not gonna, you know, like there's been a few Filipinos that's, that are that are up there. Right, but like um, uh, uh, Lou Diamond Phillips. Yeah, but no one knows his Filipino, and he never has right. a Filipino role. 
you know? So that's a perfect example right there. And this is one of the very, very few. And no one, like Dave Batista. I don't know if anyone knows, but he's not Filipino. You know, no one knows. You know, so yeah, that's 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 what I mean. But when you're talking about Michelle Yeoh, Donnie Chan, all that stuff, yeah. you know, they are distinctly, <laughs> distinctly Chinese, you know. Yeah, they have yeah. that platform. They can re- they can actually represent the Asian, you know, the, the you know, the uh, the Asian world. Basically. It's interesting. Yeah. I mean, uh, like you said, as long as it's a jumping off point and not where you wind up getting stuck yeah, and where that's that. just where yeah. you're relegated to. Getting stuck yeah. is a matter of lack of ambition. You know, <laughs> so mm-hmm. if you end up in that platform and you get stuck, that's probably because you just want to stay there because it's comfy there. You know, you don't want to take the next right, move. Right. But you see all these ambitious people and all these talented, you know, Asians jumping to the next step, like Michelle Yo again, you know. You know, so, so yeah, yeah, it's it's a matter of choice, but getting a platform is important. Well, we need that ambassador, and we need people like you uh, and other uh, Filipino directors who are willing to take on that story that nobody else wants to take on, yeah. and put it uh, in the spotlight, and and give it something that uh, audiences can hook onto, and uh, kind of start to see us for for the stories that we have to share. Exactly. Yeah. That's yeah. great. And, uh, you know, again, you guys are doing great work in, in advancing some of that stuff. So um, talk to me then a little bit about what you guys have going on now. Uh, Vincent, what are, you, what are you working on? What's next for you? I'm, uh, we're, we're right now in, we're in Taiwan. We're kind of like stuck in Taiwan. I can't go back to the Philippines and finish the projects I had over there. Well, I started developing a project. Again, I'm fiercely Filipino. So I started developing a project called Bare Knuckle. And uh, it's... Uh, it's about a Filipino migrant worker that stopped in, in Taiwan during the pandemic. He doesn't. He, he lost his job and is here in Taiwan illegally. He doesn't want to go back to the Philippines because right now there's nothing there. There's no work. The pandemic is still raging over there. And in order to make ends meet, he um, he decides to go into the underworld bare knuckle fights for gambling. You know all the all the underworld gambling stuff. You know bare knuckle fights. He was an ex-boxer, but he had to, he had to stop boxing because he, had, he has a heart problem. He's a single dad. There's a child living with a grandma in the Philippines and he has to, he has to support this child. And, um, and he has no choice. He's basically stuck in the middle of, you know, of, of Taiwan with no job, with no possibility of getting a legitimate job because he's now an illegal. And, but he does not want, he can't go back to the Philippines because there's nothing for him there. So he's got to make ends meet. And the only skill he has that could actually kill him is boxing, you know, but he has to make that choice. That's cool. And uh, anything that will, uh, will put uh, Filipino martial arts uh, up on, exactly. on screen. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm all for it. You know what my platform is here? Well, my stereotype here is Filipino boxers, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, so I'm making the I'm making a Filipino Rocky over here. But everyone knows you go. I walk around the world and I say, "How do you guys know Filipinos?" Oh, Manny Pacquiao. You know? Manny Pacquiao. Oh yeah. Well, then I'll make another another That's Manny Pacquiao. So true. I, I'm looking for, like I said, that stereotype. You know, I'm I'm looking for a stereotype because to me it is a platform. Mm-hmm. You have to relate to the audience, and if the, that's the only way you can relate to them right now. It's okay. One step forward is one step forward. Yeah, yeah they, the Filipinos had a good showing in the Olympics. So uh, people actually kind of knew 
yeah, yeah. that uh, Philippines existed in the Olympics exactly. uh, this exactly. year. So it was yeah. cool. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Olivia Rodrigo, uh, big uh, pop star. She's part Filipino uh-huh. and there's yeah. a couple yeah. more out there. So yeah. it's not like we're not out there. Um, but uh, for whatever reason, it's not something that um, they uh, own up to as yeah, they don't hold up or yet. that the mainstream audience yeah. uh, cares to recognize. You know, if I, if I was any good at music, I'd make a movie about, you know, like, uh, you know, about a Filipino singer, a Filipino musician, because that's another stereotype. Those are two stereotypes people know, know about Filipinos around the world. They're great at music or they're great boxers, you know. Uh, and uh, nurses. Oh, nurses. Yeah, yeah, that's another one too, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. What about beauty queens? <laughs> oh yeah, beauty yeah. Queens too. You know, there's so many, there's so many stereotypes for the Philippines. But have you ever seen a movie about a Filipino nurse, about a Filipino beauty queen, about a Filipino singer, and a Filipino boxer? No, not not really. Yeah. You know, we need we need our Minari, right? Right. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Bella Porch is uh, is a, a big uh, TikTok musician. Um, she's Filipino, so they're out. They're out there. there. You gotta you gotta find you gotta find. They, them. they need to be tough. They need to be in movies. Yeah. Uh, cool. That's cool. Sarah, uh, what about you? Um, and uh, you, you teased it at the beginning. Uh, there's you have a a big uh, casting announcement, but uh, tell us what else you got going on. Wait, what else I have going on? Or I'm allowed to say it right now. She had a lot. She had a lot of things going on. Oh yeah. But then she had to cancel. Cool. She, had to, she had to cancel all of them. You had to cancel all of it. Yeah, because this announcement's pretty big. <laughs> okay, so next month I will be flying to Malta to be the leading lady in Scott Atkins' Accident Man Two. Wow, that's pretty freaking awesome. Congratulations. Thank you so much. I am so excited. And I saw the fight scenes that I'm going to be doing. They're so awesome, amazing, and really long. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, well, your buddy's got actors. I understand. That's awesome. (laughs) You've been training. You've been training every day. Yeah. Get ready for this. I mean, you obviously have the chops to handle it, so that must be exciting to be able to tap into that and uh, showcase that on screen. It is. It is extremely, extremely exciting. And after seeing the the previs, it's just I just feel so like recognized for what I can do, and I feel <laughs> it. I'm so ready for this. And it's so bit, ready for and this. And it's also a very challenging like acting role too. It is a very challenging acting role. It is. Yeah. Um, but I'm ready for it. Yeah. So yeah. So she'll uh, she's gonna be uh, like sidekicks, I guess, right? Yes. That's cool. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So yeah. It's probably I read the script too. Um, and compared to Accident Man One. The first one, this, I mean, that the action in this movie is like insane. Oh, cool. It's like nonstop. It's like John Wick, like from beginning to end kind of action. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's like wall to wall action. It's crazy. And um, she, her role, she has a lot of acting in uh, like a lot of uh, dramatic stuff too, but, but she's like 90% action. Oh, like every time you, like ninety percent of the time you see her, she's either 
kicking a sc- Atkins ass or someone else's ass or whatever. <laughs> you know, so yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. I mean, two two months is going to be tough. Not for her, for me. <laughs> <laughs> We're both going to be doing our kung fu, mama and papa. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be so exciting and interesting. I, I'll probably be. Yeah, I'll probably need a long rest after that. <laughs> so two months. So is Kung Fu Mama the podcast going to go on hiatus for two months? Yes, I have the episode. Well, not really. She's uh, she, it's going to keep going, but she's she's really kept like a lot of episodes. Gotcha, gotcha. So, so she's pre-taped a whole, whole bunch of them. She can. We have enough episodes to last us till November. <laughs> till January, actually. Uh, not November, till January. January. Cool. Yeah. Don't tell anyone. <laughs> That's amazing. Congratulations. Well-deserved. Um, and I, I mean, Scott Atkins is uh, is doing some amazing stuff. So uh, to be able to get in there and mix it up, I'm sure it's going to look awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to yeah, be cool. It's going to be so cool. I'm so excited. <laughs> very cool. Very cool. Vincent, Sarah, you guys are awesome. And uh, you guys are all, all doing some amazing work. Congratulations on Circle of Bones being released, uh, guys. If if you haven't, if you enjoy horror, uh, go check it out. It's got some great uh, jump scares. If you're if you're superstitious at all, talk of the devil and, and things like that 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 might keep you up. You know, maybe take it a little bit slow, but otherwise, uh, it's it's a it's a good time in the theaters. Go check it out. Uh, if not, it'll be streaming, uh, so you'll be able to catch it there. Uh, I assume it'll be on all this, the major streaming platforms. Is that right? Yep, Amazon, yeah. Google, Apple. Yeah, iTunes. Um, yeah, yeah. Yes. Well, and it's in cable as well. Oh yeah, it also in cable as well. Yeah. Basically, US, it's a it's a U.S. release. The first the first release is going to be U.S., U.K., Ireland, and Canada. That's the first. Uh, that's the first move right there. And then after that, after the first wave. Um, not sure. They're probably releasing Europe and, and Asia. So October twenty second, twenty twenty one, it hits the the U S theaters, which also happens to be my birthday. So it's a very awesome birthday oh, gift. Yeah. <laughs> Happy birthday! Thank you guys. Thank you. Uh, and uh, Sarah, best of luck with uh, Accident Man two. That's really exciting. Uh, and uh, as uh, for both of you guys, uh, continue to stay safe out there. Um, uh, it sounds like uh, you guys are doing well, really well. So please stay safe. Uh, and continue to do some amazing work. It's always great to catch up with you guys. So best of luck with everything. Thanks, John. Thank you. Mabuhay ang pelikula ang Pilipino. Mabuhay indeed. Mabuhay indeed. Thank you so much, guys. Be safe. Take care. Thanks. Thanks. So much fun catching up with Vincent and Sarah. So big thanks to them both for stopping by. And also so honored to have Sarah break the big news of her joining Accident Man 2 on the show. She's a very cool person. I wish her nothing but the best of luck on the film. Uh, She's already said she'd come back to the show to talk more about it. So we can look forward to that. And speaking of films, Circle of Bones releases Friday, October 22nd in U.S. theaters, and then makes its way to streaming and digital and worldwide. So if you're in one of those select cities showing the movie, go check it out for Vincent Sobrano's blend of horror and action in a film that showcases some great Filipino talent and some cool Filipino mythology. And after you check out the film, head over to Vincent and Sarah's socials and let them know that you heard about it right here on the Kung Fu Driving Podcast. And all those links will be in the show notes. And while you're there, give me a follow on all my socials as well or drop me an email. Or if you're feeling generous, sling me a coffee because everything helps keep the show going. Until next time, Poison Clan, peace. Poison Clan rocks the world. <laughs>
walk into the tea house, ready for some action. Drink a little wine and get drunk and then we're fighting. Ha! This time it's warm. We smash the place up with a dragon claws. We walk into the tea house, ready for some action. Drink a little wine and get drunk and then we're fighting. Ha! This time it's warm. We smash the place up with a dragon claws. I see the iron fisted monk upon the daily prayers. Shouting monks on their hands, running down the thousand stairs. The fate of Lee Khan now's in King Yu's hands. With the fearless Aida roaming over the lands. Yeah, the little big soldier is old and wiser. He wants a world of peace because he doesn't want to fight. Yo, got the venom mob laying down the law. Bruce Lee delivered kicks, guaranteed to great jars. Fight for the cars, then pause here. The pause, not again. Back kicks will defeat the outlaws. Very good, but more. Don't hit back Yeah, the death jewel's here Derry D is coming back The Tai Chi master Jet Li's even faster Could chat a little drink Because he is the drunken master Once upon a time in China Rosamund Kwan is real fine But see Maggie show his spine Golden Swallow has arrived Shang Chi movies Will the hero will survive We've got the brave archer Make his way to the top Of the mountain gonna fight May as well pick the spot Yeah, the sky goes black Cut the vampire's back We've got Lam Ching Ying To kill them all So stand back He plays the black magic On the soul of the sword and our sword will travel until his body's on floors. Yeah, Wing Chun Shaolin and Mantis style. Yeah, defeat the enemy and watch him run for miles. Blood will spill now on the mountain tops when we bring back the soul of the legendary pops. Walk into the tea house, ready for some action. Drink a little wine, we're getting drunk and then we're fighting. Ha! This time it's warm. We smash the place up with a dragon claws. We walk into the tea house, ready for some action. Drink a little wine, we're getting drunk and then we're fighting. Ha! This time it's war, we smash the place up with a dragon claw. See, it's a game of death, yo, you're facing the big boss. It's once upon a time in China, counting the TikTok. The Shogun Assassin slashing blood of just drip drop. The head kick, neck drop, balance the bone stop. Wanna kill Bill, better get the assassins. He's got Irma just in yellow, but she is in the dragon, but in the tea rooms. That's where it'll happen. She got the bodies on the floor. When the blood, it'll splatter against the walls. No fear at all, to kill them all. There's always blood spilled when you head into a war. Fearless. Unleash the fist of legend that the car gently. I'm Bolo Young, yo, I'll always be a beast. You rumble in the Bronx, yo, I'm rumble in the streets. And it's simple, see the facts are these. It's only ever gonna be one Bruce Lee. Walk into the tea house, ready for some action. Drink a little wine, we're getting drunk and then we're fighting. Ha! This time it's warm. We smash the place up with a dragon claws. We walk into the tea house, ready for some action. Drink a little wine.